Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Saint Happy Hour podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of the Now Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get him. I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You can watch Leonard Fournette run for 750 yards against Texas Tech. And he will run for, like, at least 300 yards. I kid you not, in the Alamo, Texas Healthcare Burrito Bowl uh, (laughs) that's in Houston. Uh, or you can watch the Pelicans continue to lose, and you can root for them to draft Ben Simmons, and maybe they will know. Maybe the Pelicans will make better use of Ben Simmons than LSU does. So the Pelican House—they have an awesome menu. They have a 50-foot TV, 136 draft beers. They have it all. Uh, go there. They support us, so you should support them. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right, the Saints won yesterday. Hooray! Woohoo! Uh, Dave, how excited are you? To not eat at the Olive Garden. <clears throat> well, I'm not out of the woods just yet. Uh, you survived another week, though, buddy. I, I, I survived another week. Um, you know, every every win here on out is uh, is is one less evening at Olive Garden. Um, and uh, but I'm not out of the woods because they could lose. They could still lose the, the last three here. And uh, in my opinion, three three nights at Olive Garden is is three nights too many. <laughs> um, <laughs> Six and ten, by the way, is looking real good. Yeah. Six and ten's looking good. My, I was I was uh, Mr. Optimistic compared to the rest of you guys, but um, I was it, nine it, and seven, it's, man. It's still possible. It's still possible. Um, and the good news is is that I'm not relying on Minnesota to lose out. I'm not relying on the winner of the NFC East to be nine and seven and the second place team to be eight and eight. And I'm not rooting on the Rams to win two of their last to win one of their games. And I'm not relying on the Buccaneers to lose two of their last three. No, you're you're just counting on you're just counting on the Saints. You know, you may be like that Atlanta game, man, it could come down to it. It could be like the Saints could be like seven and eight and they could be like in the fourth quarter tied, man. And we could be like, we then we could you know what, Andrew, then we could start uh trolling Dave and just start sending him Olive Garden menus. <laughs> uh wait, speaking of, of of Falcons, um, did you see that tweet? I think it was from Knox Bardeen. Um it was like early this morning, and uh, I think as Saints fans, we can certainly relate to this, but the 2012 Falcons draft class, 
I think it was like maybe six players or so. None of them are in the league at all. Oh man. That is... Not even on the Fal- not not on not not on the Falcons. They're not in the league. They are all free agents. Wait, what playing. what year was that? 2012. 2012. Wow. The year before Ooh. Julio, I think. Who? Yeah, they want people they want everybody fired. They Just were... curious how many guys from the Saints are still on the team for 2012. Uh, well, well, wasn't the 2012 Saints draft right now? Probably nobody. Or was it 2013? I think. I think we have. The, I think we have the same situation. I think like none of our draft picks from that one year are on our team. Yeah, they well, traded. So, well, that's but that's different. That's that's not on our team. These guys aren't even in the league. These yeah, guys but are so bad they couldn't even catch on with any other. Team. I mean, they that draft catch on with the Jaguars. The 2012 Saints draft was gutted though, man, because they they traded away the number one pick for Ingram and they had the yeah. number two pick yanked by Goodell. So the, I think it was the 2013 Saints draft that was that well, Hicks like, is that gone. was with Kyrie yeah. Fort. Hicks oh. did have two sacks last night though. Oh God damn! The f- Hicks Hicks is gonna par Hicks is gonna parlay playing with the Patriots to a contract, and some team is gonna be really really dumb. Yeah. And pay him too much money. Uh, Andrew, you did out your grades today as always, and actually you didn't have to just put a pile of trash for the defense. Um, I have a theory about the Saints defense. Everybody looks at Ellerby and they say when the, when Ellerby plays, the Saints are four four and one, and when he doesn't, they're terrible. My theory on Ellerby is he's like the tipping point for the Saints defense, where when he plays, they're it's not that he's great; it's that he's so much better than what they have at linebacker that it's like it's like a car that has like five things wrong with it, but you can still drive. When they don't have Ellerby or they don't have Bro. The car becomes undrivable. Does that make sense? And he's like the him and Bro, whether they play or whether they don't, is like the tipping point for where the defense. It could be with, with them, it can be competent. Without them, it's hopeless. And it's not because they're necessarily good. It's just because the difference between Ellerby and Bro and Maudie and Dixon is like a, the Grand Canyon. So that's why people they they gravitate towards those stats about Ellerby uh, being. The difference on the defense, but yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, I, he's he's definitely an upgrade, uh, but I, I I really don't think Ellerby even played that well in that game. I mean, he, he played well in run defense. He his pass coverage was spotty. I mean, he he looked a little bit slower. I mean, he he just looks physically a little diminished from some of the games earlier this year where I thought he played yeah. really well. Uh, but I think for me, the main thing in this game, and you got to give the Saints some credit here. I thought the front four. The pass rush in general was better. Yeah. Um, they, they only had one sack, but if you look at the disruption in the pocket, the hurries, uh, forcing Winston to throw from uncomfortable positions, they just did a better job. Do you th- uh, so that's always going to help. But do you think Sean Payton gave Lovey Smith a game ball for only mu- running <laughs> Doug Martin eleven times? Yeah, probably. I mean, what an idiot, right? I mean, how, how do you <laughs> that, not? That, run draw, that last drive was terrible by Tampa. It was terrible. Run I mean, Doug it, Martin for twenty-five, and then incompletion, 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 punt. I mean, it blows my mind that Tampa <laughs> would go down. I mean, and, and part of it's how the game played out. I mean, the Saints quickly got up a couple scores, uh, got a couple three and out stops, and then Tampa just w- almost went into panic mode with their play calling, and they really should have just stuck with Martin. But I, I think the Saints. I mean, there were several throws out there. Uh, there was a drop by Safarian Jenkins. There was the horrible drop late in the game with Brian Dixon um, in coverage, there was 
numerous wide open receivers that Winston missed by a country mile. I got to say, I, I mean, I, I've watched Winston, and there's been times this year where I've been pretty impressed with him. But in this game, he, I thought he was horrible. Well, I, give I thought a little credit really to the pass rush, too. Give, give a yeah. little credit to the pass rush. No, no, can, the pa- no like I said, I think the pass yeah. rush had something to do with it, and they did a good job. But I think uh, a big part of the reason why the Saints, you know, the combination of poor play calls, which lean way too heavy on passing, and Winston, in my opinion, just being grossly inaccurate, uh, and you throw in the Vincent Jackson injury. I mean, that's a big factor, too. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just think it, that's what it boils down to. Dave, what's more likely to happen? You go see the new Star Wars movie opening night and camp out to make sure you get front row tickets. Or C.J. Spiller is on the Saints team in 2016. Uh, <clears throat> it's probably more likely that... Uh... <laughs> That Spiller's on the team just because of his contract. Um, I will. I don't know, man. There's, he, like, there's there's no chance in hell that I'm going to be there on opening night. I wouldn't mind going to see the new Star Wars movie uh, in the theaters at some point, but I am certainly not going to be there um, on opening night uh, with all the the rest of the nerds. But um, I uh, and by the way, my son Dylan is like absolutely obsessed with everything star wars like we spent all saturday just talking about star wars <laughs> um and any and all facets and he's got this he's got this um new he's got this sticker book for the new force awakens books movie and it's got new characters like kylo ren and finn and poe and he's like who's this who's this and i'm like i don't know they haven't released the movie yet I, I, I can't answer these I, questions i, don't I have know to say I have to say, Drew Brees tweeted out his kid got like an early birthday gift. It was a Millennium Falcon, but apparently it's built like a drone, so you can fly it around your house. That shit. I've seen that. That shit was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I feel feel betrayed that that he would purchase anything named Falcon. Um, I actually got my son a Millennium Falcon too, but it's like one of those ones that opens up and the guys fit inside and that kind of stuff. But I mean, um, I'm sure Drew and his wife Brittany will be at the opening, uh, dressed up as well. Apparently, like, Dave. Is, apparently, Dave is back in. Oh, Dave from the Falcoholics, a cool guy. We should be nice to him mode. <laughs> well, well, I mean, uh, I, I never, I never left that mode. But anyway, but back to the actual question <laughs> at hand. Um, you know, to your point, Ralph. I I definitely think that uh, something is going on with Spiller. Spiller's um, on the Mount Rushmore for bad contracts in the Peyton era. He is. Uh, well, but but the the, the, pro- the problem is is it's it's the, it's not the problem. It's the contract isn't the problem. The problem is that he hasn't been given the chance for whatever reason. He hasn't been given the opportunity. Well, I don't know whether he's pissed off Peyton. Um, I don't think it's a health issue. He has seemed totally fine eh, um, when he's had know. the ball. But he – I don't know if it's with Peyton or he's not letting the playbook. And we've talked about this before. I, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but it's obvious that the coaching staff does not trust him or does not want to put him in a position to succeed. When Mark Ingram went down uh, – They featured freaking Hightower instead exactly. of Spiller. You you, it, the, the, logical, the logical next thing you would assume that C.J. Spiller would be the next man up. And they just, they literally just skipped over him and they went to Tim Hightower, a guy who hasn't been in the league in two years. And albeit he did a great job and, and he was fine. Um, Mark Ingram would have had 100 yards with those holes. I, yeah. I'm telling yeah. you. He would have had 150. Dude, I mean, <laughs> I mean, those, those holes, they had some giant, I mean, they had some runs where he was getting like six yards 
And they were ginormous holes. Your boy, your boyfriend, I think Andrew's right. Your boyfriend, Dave, would have had 150 yesterday. But, Andrew, to the point, like, like I don't care why they're not playing Spiller. I'm just saying, man, that contract is up there with Bird and Jason Dave. I mean, it... That, Lindo Mare. Oh, Lindo Mare. I mean, it's it's bad. Browner. I mean, go ahead and say it. Bra- Bra- well, at least Browner's playing. You know? At least, at least Browner plays. I mean, yeah. CJ Spiller doesn't That's even true. play. That's true. I mean, so unless they're unless they have like unless he wins the award of the mysterious. I mean, Chan Bailey has to be on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, but he wasn't that. His contract wasn't that much. I mean, his. Mm, yeah. I mean, they they paid him. They gave him like I think it like two years, um, five million or something. Yeah, and they gave him like a couple hundred grand to sign. I mean, spit like Spiller. They gave Spiller like nine and a half million guaranteed. Like that, they could have used that for something else. I mean. Uh, I just, like, I don't know, like, I don't, Andrew, can they cut him, or, I mean, their cap is such a disaster. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Jari Evans' contract, and now, you know, Browner and Spiller are both contracts that they don't really want in the books anymore, and so we're just talking about more dead money, more, you know, more signing bonus that has, I think, three years left on their deal. So basically, if they were to cut Browner and Spiller next year, you would get the the carryover of three years of, of yearly, you know, prorated bonus added up over in, in one cap hit. Um, so I don't know if they can release those three players. I mean, they're kind of saddled with three bad contracts that they can't really get out of, and it's a similar situation to Junior Gallette. You know, Junior Gallette was a cut this year, and they basically just absorbed $10 million to get rid of him, and it's going to be the same thing. They're basically going to have cash next year tied into these three players, Evan, Spiller, and Browner, with them potentially not even playing on the team. Yeah, Dave. My thing is, I, I feel like they, 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 they did kind of whatever they wanted to do this offseason. They cut players that contractually – really hurt them, Galette and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like um, they, they can't aff- – and now now this upcoming offseason, they're still going to continue to have to pay for some of those those moves. And I just feel like they can't afford to do that for a second offseason. Yeah. yeah. I, think the, I think the thing that's tough right now is I'm fine with blowing it up, but you can't blow it up in tandem with hanging on a Drew Brees. Like the, the two philosophies don't go together. Either you blow right. it up, you shed yourself of all these bad contracts, and you rebuild. But in some ways, I feel like it's almost unfair to Breeze to kind of saddle him with a god-awful roster based on all these awful contracts that you've put together. And, and it's just like they're trying to piecemeal it together yeah, and here's the, here's as, the, he's, as he's trying to give you the last two yeah. or three good years he has and left. Here's, and here's the thing with, with Breeze, you know, he's got him like, you know, if he doesn't renegotiate, they can't really carry him with that $30 million cap hit, Andrew. And the thing is, if they go to him and they're like, hey, Br- hey Drew, we need you to take uh, – we need you to give us cap relief so we can make you have a better roster so you can have a chance to win. Breeze might be like, what, and, sound, and sign brown, more uh, browners and spillers? You know? I mean, so – this this breeze thing can get really dicey because he's going to look at that open market and he's going to say, you know what, Saints, you better give me at least forty million guaranteed because if you cut me, that's what I'm going to get on the open market. I mean, I I guarantee you, uh, a team like Denver 
that's got a ready-made Super Bowl roster, if they move on from uh, Peyton Manning, they could do a two-year deal. You got, um, you know, the Jets would gladly pay. Buffalo would gladly pay. So, I mean, they're not – I don't think they're going to get Drew Brees on the cheap. You know, it isn't like he's going to reduce down and and, and, and have a – you know, give the Saints a, a big, big hometown discount. So, I mean, this these roster issues are – I mean, they're – Dave, their rosters, it's going to be tough. I mean, we can get into the offseason. I mean, I don't think there's any way Breeze, the Saints, let Breeze walk. I mean, they, they would have to get a trade offer that was so significant. Um, and maybe they will. I mean, forget his age. I mean, he, he has almost a, a 100 quarterback rating this year. He, he's playing at a really high level. And we, we we've seen the Broncos do it. I mean, teams will give up a lot for an elite quarterback that can help them win for a year or two. Yeah. So, you know, if they feel – if an NFL team feels like they have an elite defense – I mean, you brought up the Texans. I mean, Texans are a great example. Great defense. Yeah. They may feel we really are just an elite quarterback away from winning. We've gotten a bunch of first-round picks that we spent on J.J. Watt, Clowney, whatever, and, you know, Hopkins. So – we feel like we've got the talent. We don't really need a first-round pick this year. Let's just give it to the Saints and get Briggs. I could totally see a team like that doing it, and then obviously they would pay him whatever. Um, so I, it's tough, man. I think the Saints, realistically, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the offseason, but how realistic is it to rebuild this team and field something from a roster perspective with these bad contracts, with these cap issues, that's going to be competitive competitive enough around Drew, do you just suck it up and deal with another awful year and maybe get a first-round pick out of Breeze, get a couple firsts out of Peyton, and blow the whole thing up? I mean, I think that's got to be a serious consideration for Mickey Loomis. Yeah, you got to get you, you got to get, and I argue with a couple of people. And I'm not oppo- I'm not opposed to blowing it up, but if you're sending Peyton and Breeze out, you got to have a, a significant return, and it can't yeah. be it can't be a number a, a second round pick for Peyton in cap space. Like no. it's like it's got to be. Oh my God, the draft is going to be really fun. In 2016 and 2017, because because guess what? If Breeze and Peyton leave, that's all the fun we're gonna be having, because yeah. they are going to suck in 2016 without Breeze. Yeah, I mean the the other thing, the other alternative is, you know, you kind of decide right now, you put Breeze on a two year deal, you know, you extend him, and that, that that's probably the most likely scenario this off season, and and. I'm not lobbying that they part ways. I mean, I really feel like Peyton and Breeze are the best assets this team has, as critical as some people have been of them. They talk about Breeze's demise and all that stuff. Breeze is playing at a really high level. I still believe that this team can win with Sean Payton as the head coach. And so if you extend Breeze for two years and you basically make the decision and you basically say, hey, look, we got too many cap issues. We're going to clean it up again this year. We're going to send out Browner. We're going to get rid of Spiller, and we're, we're going to be saddled with these cap issues, which is going to make it hard for us to really pick up a bunch of players. So this is really a two-year plan, and then Peyton and Breeze basically have to say, okay, you guys are going to have to deal with another year of mediocrity to get us to the next offseason where we'll have cap room, and that's when we'll give it the one big final push to try to get back in the playoffs. 
Well, I, I, I've, I've been hoping that last offseason was year one of that, to be honest with you. And it was. I, I, if, I, if Junior Gallet hadn't gone it crazy. It was. It absolutely was year one of that. And if Junior Gallet hadn't gone crazy, Andrew, they'd be in, in fine calf space, right? Like, they'd be, they'd be perfectly fine, right? I don't know about fine, but – They'd be yeah, a lot I mean, better it, off than they are we're now. Talk, it'd be a, they'd, it would be $10 million more of space, yes. That's two, that's two good players. Absolutely. Um, Dave – I mean, you, you look at Jairus Bird's contract. Year one of Jairus Bird's contract was like three or four million against the cap. You know, these, these, these deals are backloaded, and so – you know, when when they give this guy all this money up front, that's bonus money, that's prorated over the life of the deal. Their salary in year one is really, really low, and the players don't care because they're like, "I'm getting all this money up front as a bonus." So, sure, give me a, a, a minimum salary as my yeah. salary in year one. And so that's why these big deals a lot of times are backloaded, where the first year of the deal is really cap manageable. So, ten million dollars could actually give you three really huge free agents. You know, and, and not – I mean, you know what? It, it, here's the thing too. You know, if the Saints are going to keep – if they decide they're going to keep Breeze, Loomis could work the cap and just convert salary to bonus or whatever and stretch that thing out and push the day of reckon, reckoning off further. You know? Yeah, well, they're, they're definitely going to do that with Cam Jordan and – Mark Ingram. I mean, those are two players that are, are kind of paying off. I think. I, yeah. I think the contract investment with both of those guys was good. I mean, it's you, know, you got to look at the positive too. Those were two, I, I think, pretty good investments, and I'm glad that they they came back and that the Saints extended them. Yeah. And uh, those are those are definitely two deals that you're going to see. Um, you know, that get get pushed back into more. They'll give them more guaranteed money up front uh, to push the cap numbers back to later years. Dave. Um... Back to the game yesterday, uh, Damian Swan, who it, – it, it sounds crazy, but I think right now he's the Saints' second-best corner they got, and it's not even close. Uh, you know, he got his, he's got his third concussion of the year, and at first I was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. But then I remembered Vaccaro got two concussions in 2013, and he's been okay since. So it's not necessarily a death sentence for Swan, but here's my question to you with – Keenan Lewis having a hip or whatever secret surgeries he's got, Browner being terrible, and Swan he's got a hip. It's hip, and Swan being concussed, and PJ Williams uh, not even playing. Do the Saints need to go and get more corners? Uh, no, they've got. Well, I mean, they they just they just need the corners that they've had, that they've invested in, that they feel felt were right for their team they just need them to stay healthy it's it's i'm sure it's frustrating for, for yeah but for can, you guy, can you count can you can you count on a guy pj williams who's a rookie who never played because he's injured can you can you count on a guy that's got three concussions can you count on keenan lewis who's getting near 30 and has, has been injured the last two years and I mean, it could be it could and, just really just be a, a, a terrible string of bad luck to be honest with you yeah. you know I, I don't know I'd, I'd like to think I'd like to hope that Damian Swan isn't one of those guys who's seemingly made out of glass and and is so fragile um, and and always has these issues but um, you know the, the other side of it is of course with with the, the, the movie coming out um, you know, you just worry about the Get length the of his career. You know, the, the length of his career too, and 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 
how, how many years can you can you really take a beating like that? Yeah. Andrew, another thing is their defense. The Saints' defensive line is is horrible. Besides Cam Jordan, is there anyone? Of the people they have, Richardson or Davison or any other other ones that they play, that you look at and you say, man, he's making really nice progress, and I think he can be an okay starter in 2016. No. Oh, my God. Andrew, I wanted to. No. <laughs> I mean, I think you look at some guys that have made some progress. I mean – First of all, the fact that guys like Barnes and Ewells made this roster tells you, I think, how thin the Saints are on the defensive line. I mean, in hindsight, yes, somebody that, that pointed that out. That should have been a huge warning sign. Somebody pointed that out. Yeah, in but the summer. I, I, I think there's a place on this roster for Davison. I think there's a place on this roster for Richardson. Uh, to me, those are energy guys that come off the bench as rotational players and help you. On third down, or they help you when a guy needs a breather, um, or maybe they even give you a spot start. Uh, but I think outside of Cam Jordan, this defensive line pretty much needs to be revamped entirely. Uh, I will say Oboom Guachem is a nice pass rushing spe- specialist. You just want nice... him to be good, so I have to butcher his name for the next <laughs> four no, years. No, I mean, he's gotten a few sacks now. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> he a does. nice piece. Um, you know, I think it's gotcha. between Guachem and Etabali. Those are two players. I think, you know, ideally, I think those are two guys that battle it out as the pass rushing specialist next year. And you keep one of them, and you've got enough depth up front ahead of them uh, that you don't need to keep them. But to me, it's just a bunch of rotational guys, subs, um, and I-, I think Kevin Williams is maybe the one guy that's played okay this year. Um, again, he's he's old, and I think he's, he's probably been good. Too he's many been, snaps, he, they got every. They got more out of him than I thought they'd get. I mean, honestly, Kevin Williams, best free agent signing of the offseason. I mean, I guess that's Bro. Bro, obviously, is better. But uh, Kevin Williams is – I don't really count Bro as a free agent signing because he came from Canada, you know. But, uh, I mean, would you guys say that as far as, like, NFL free agents? Williams is the best free agent we picked up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like you, like to me, if you would have told me Williams what he did this year before they signed him, I'd be like, hell yes, that's as much as you yeah. can get out of his. 30. I mean, the the big bummer here is that it, what it was supposed to be this year was hopefully Bunkley coming back from his injury, being a starter, and then you could have spelled him with both Kevin Williams and John Jenkins, and that that would have been a nice rotation. Uh, I mean, instead, what they've got right now after injuries and everything, you've got Davison starting, and then <laughs> you kind of just go from there. So, mm. you know, again, again, I think, I think if you look at this defensive line, obviously Cam Jordan, Bobby Richardson is a keeper to me. Davison, we'll have to see, but uh, they they need two, if not three guys. I wish, and at least one starter. I was so I was so mad they didn't claim the guy that the Giants cut more, who who got in a fight because. He, because uh, he didn't get his Beats headphones. Well, do you know that they didn't put in a waiver claim for him? Well, the, Miami got him, so the, the Saints would have been ahead of the claim for that. Would have been ahead of Miami on the claim. Oh, they they are ahead of them. I mean, yeah, Miami. What's Miami's record? Miami had five wins going into tonight. Ah, I see. So, so um, Dave Marcus Colston hopped in the time machine and went back to 2011 and caught two touchdowns yesterday. 
if he blows it up the last three weeks and does what he did yesterday, should the Saints keep him or should they be like, that was an awesome final month, Marcus, uh, thanks for the memories, uh, here's your Saints Hall of Fame plaque. I mean, I think it's it's probably almost as much his decision as it is uh, the Saints' decision. Uh, you know, I think I think first and foremost, Marcus needs to decide whether he wants to play another year, whether he wants to come back. I, I don't I don't see him wanting to go to another team just for another year or two. I don't, I don't feel like he he needs that, or that's that's something he would do. Um, I feel like he'll probably just retire as a Saint whenever that may be. Um, there are worse veteran receivers you could have on your roster. I mean, I, I don't know what his contract situation is. I don't know if this is – is this the final year on, on, on his contract? No. no. But I think that it's not like Jari Evans where, like, the Saints can basically no, the get Saint, rid of – the Saints can cut him and get, like, $3 million in cap room. It's actually a, a pretty good contract to unload in well, terms they could, of getting they, cap They could space. cut him. Well, I mean, I think what they would do is I think they would cut him and then see if they wanted to re-sign him at a lower – Rate or or totally renegotiate. Oh, I don't I think I don't think it would be that. I think I think if if they had any intention whatsoever of keeping him, I think right now he has like next year. I think it's like five point three in is his contract five point three million. And I think if they cut him, they save three million and take about a two million dollar cap hit. Um, right. So they they would basically have three million to spend on someone else if they unloaded him. So I could see the Saints going to Marcus Colston and basically saying, "Listen, we." We're basically going to save three million by cutting you. We're going to have to pay you two two million in cap either way. So we'd rather get the three million in cap space and keep you. So we'll pay you two million next year if you stay on the team. Now that might be right. a bitter bitter pill to swallow for Colston. I don't know, um, but I I think that's what they'll approach him with. And if he's like, yeah, sure, I'll stay, then. And I think maybe. that's the decision he would make. To be quite honest right. with you, I, I mean, you're gonna. You're going to deal with moving to a new city and renting a new apartment or buying a new house or doing whatever. Now, I mean, I, I think he's married, but I don't think he's got kids. So I don't think that comes into play. But I mean, it's, it's a pain in the ass to have to pick up and yeah. move and live somewhere else, you know, and, and, and you're going to do that just for a year. Um, I, just, I, think I don't enough, think Colson I think he's got has much money. to prove. Like he, he's already won a Super Bowl. I just how much does he have left to prove? I mean, he, he doesn't have it in him, in my opinion. To make a Pro Bowl. I mean, if it was one of those things where you know, if you put him in the right situation, you put him somewhere else, and he makes a Pro Bowl, like that—that's something he could still accomplish that he hasn't accomplished yet. But I don't think he has it in him anymore. I, I think his best situation, if he's going to keep playing, is staying in New Orleans with Breeze as his quarterback, with the chemistry they've already established. So I—I I mean, I could be wrong here, but I'd be surprised to see Colston attempt to do it. With anyone else now, if the Saints just say, "Look, we're done with you, and we cut you," and then some other team approaches him and says, "Hey, we want you. Here's some money." I mean, obviously, there's a good chance that he'll play for someone else and, under that scenario. But I think at the end of the day, you look at Colston, you look at the numbers he's put up for years, you look at the the slight resurgence he's had. I look at a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who's kind of had peaks and valleys recently in terms of his performance. Yeah. And has come back this year. He's gotten healthy. He's gotten he's slimmed down a little bit, and he, he's just he's played a lot better this year. And he especially early in the year uh, was making a huge impact for his team. So 
I think you look at a guy like that, and why, you know, why not? If Colson can get a little healthier, maybe this off season and feel good going into next year, maybe he can string together three, four, five games of six catches for a hundred yards and maybe resurrect his career. I mean, it's not out of the question that a guy like that couldn't come back next year and, and get off to a really hot start. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with with Colson. I the the thing that's always perplexed me is. I get the decline physically, but the drops have never uh, have never made any sense at all. Well, that's why we've seen less of that. I mean, in yeah. recent weeks, I feel like he's been playing better. Yeah, he did. He put, he he had the two touchdowns yesterday, and he had the really great catch where he. I mean, the ca- yeah. I mean, forget the touchdowns. The catch late in the game where he basically is tied up with a corner. And, you know, Ty goes to the receiver where he saves an interception and gets a huge first down on a third down throw. I mean, that, that pretty much won the game. Yeah. Uh, before we get to, to game picks, um, we have a ton of Twitter questions, and a lot of them are Star Wars themed, which is always fun. Um, this is from uh, – oh, and by the way, donate, people. When I email you and I DM you and you don't want to rant, it hurts my feelings. Uh, and I know you're just like waiting for a Saints big loss, but you could have ran it. You could have made fun of Lovey Smith. You could make you could make fun of Atlanta. They're in a fucking tailspin that is phenomenal. It's just that they are. I think the Saints are going to finish second. I think there's a good chance that the Saints finish second. Yeah, if you're if you're depressed about the Saints season, at least find solace in the fact that you did not give Matt Ryan that contract and aren't saddled with him as your quarterback for the foreseeable yeah, somebody future. Somebody asked me somebody asked me on Twitter, they're like, have are you watching the Atlanta Falcon uh total collapse? I'm like, am I watching it? I crushed it up and snorted it off my coffee table with a twenty dollar bill. I got front row seats. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean they're they're talking about they were five and zero. They were talking about, are we going to lose Shanahan for a head coaching job? Now they want him fired. <laughs> so I mean, that is a steep fall. Um, but uh, it almost have, makes this season beautiful. It uh, well, you know what? It'll be fun. Like if they keep losing, they've lost six in a row. Like if they can lose two more in a row, and the Saints could like put the like the the final shovel of dirt on them to like end the year and Atlanta could end like on a nine game losing streak. I mean that in it that alone would be worth the four spots you would you would drop in the draft by beating Atlanta. I mean, oh just, absolutely just to know you got to shovel dirt on them and end their season on a nine game losing streak. But we have a ton of Twitter yeah, questions. Mike Smith may not be in that building anymore, but his stink is still Lingering all over that place. <laughs> can, can we agree right now that the Super Bowl at this point is sweeping the Falcons? Oh, for sh- <laughs> oh, for sure, for 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 damn sure. You know what? I mean, I- forget the next two games. They lose them by a hundred points combined. I don't care. The Super Bowl is sweeping the Falcons. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've could have sort of turned on the. You know, um, I'm for, I'm a. I, you know, I'm one of these people like if you want to root for the Saints to lose, I get it. And I wrote I, but I only feel like you should root for the Saints to lose when you want the house cleaned. Like when they were when when Ditka at the end of Ditka or the end of Hazlitt in the Katrina era, I wanted Hazlitt gone, I wanted Reggie Bush. But this year like they won yesterday like they're not getting the top pick now because they have five wins. And the difference between picking eight and 14, eh, if you know what you're doing, you can get a good player. I feel like it's there's no real reason to, to root for them to lose 
now. Just, I mean, if they go 5-11 and 11 or 8-8, eight and eight, yeah, it's a big draft, but they can still fuck it up picking 7th as they can uh, get it right at 15, you know? So, um, but, but Dave, one last question. The Saints defense looked good yesterday. Uh, what do you think Dennis Allen has to do to keep the job full-time next year? I mean, I think if he... <clears throat> I, I think so far we've seen continuous improvement, um, yeah. and, and every game has gotten. Can, can we can we agree that if Rob Ryan was still the coach, there's no way they would have done that well this past weekend? I, probably, I think you're probably right. I, I I would agree with that. No, I like um, I like the Dennis Allen philosophy of it's third and six, blitz. That's it. Andrew, I know I'm not a film watcher like you, but I, 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 that's what I see. Whenever they're in third and, and long on defense and they get the yeah. they, they blitz because Dennis oh, Allen, oh, I think – he... That reminds me, uh, going back to the Ellerby thing real quick, there was one play. I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I was super, super impressed. And that sometimes it's just it, – it's not so much having a better player, but it's having a smarter player in the game. And Ellerby is basically wide out on a receiver. Someone goes in motion, and you see Stephon Anthony signal to him, like, I've got the receiver. You pick up my assignment. And he immediately – you see Ellerby immediately go from following the receiver in motion to blitzing as soon as the ball is snapped. And it was incredible recognition of a switch off and then picking up on what Anthony's assignment was – and taking it as his own, and he goes in for the blitz, and this was on a third down play. He goes in, um, this disrupts Jameis Winston, causes the incomplete pass thanks to his pressure, and the Saints get off the field. And I don't know who would have been the other linebacker in that situation, if it would have been Maudie or Anderson or whatever, uh, but I just... I just remember look. I, I just remember looking at that play and saying, you know what? That's where Ellerby. He doesn't get the sack there, but he mentally picks it up, recognizes the situation, makes a play, and the Saints get off the field. Yeah. Um, it's just. I mean, I. I think they're. I think they're. Pro- if Sean Payton stays, I think they're one more performance like yesterday, and it's going to be Dennis Allen's job. You know, yep. you know, I know it's, they've, you know, they could do that against Atlanta. Detroit could, I mean, all of these teams could roast them. I mean, especially Jacksonville, they have a really nice little offense with Bortles and their receivers and Yeldon, but um, we'll see. But now we got, we have a ton of, of Star Wars themed questions with maybe trouble, trouble for Dave, but we'll see. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I, I, I'm like, I know everything about Star Wars now because of my son. All right. So this is from Ben. Uh, has Atlanta replaced Matt Ryan with Jar Jar Binks? <clears throat> Is this for me? Yeah, it's for you. Uh, <laughs> um, Matt Ryan is is slightly less annoying than Jar Jar Binks. Um, you know, actually. Um, hey, uh, hey, Ralph, was... you you give Dave the next couple because I'm gonna go get another Zingu. <laughs> I was listening to. Uh, T-Bob on WWL, and they were talking about Star Wars as well. This was a couple of nights ago, and he was saying that there are theories out there on the internet. Now, he's not reading the same internet that I read, um, but uh, 
that there are theories out there that Jar Jar Binks is actually he, he's going to come back in these in, at some point in these next three movies, and he and he turns out to be like a bad guy, and he like played everybody this whole time. Um, and T Bob said he went back and watched uh, the first movie, the 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 very first one in in order, uh, and he watched it with that in mind with with. Jar Jar Binks being a bad guy in mind, and he said it totally changes everything. So he he, he thought that was a possibility. He thought that was within Lucas's uh, mo to to do that. Um, but uh, but anyway, but that's the question. Um, Matt Ryan is less annoying than Jar Jar Binks. Sorry. All right, I'm back. Holy yeah. shit, you're still talking about that. <laughs> so do I need? Have you uh, guys ever had this Brazilian beer, Zingu? No, is it good? It's delicious. Is it light? Is it like light or is it heavy? It, it's kind of light. It's a black beer, but it's very light. It's like a very light wow, lager that is for the most a black beer. Thing I, I can't believe you even said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like a light beer. All so, beers, all beers matter, Andrew. All beers. I, I believe uh, the Pelican House actually has Zingu on tap. Zingu. Oh, wait, a, wait a time. Nice. In the Nate, plug it in. This is. Do I have to watch other Star Wars films to understand the new one? Cause no. Yes. You should watch the first three, but the prequels don't watch those. Those are garbage. The first three being actually the middle three. Yeah, the first three being actual episodes. You're, you're four, talking five, about two. like the ones with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. prequels were terrible. I fell Ford's asleep in, in all three of the prequel movies. They were they were fucking god awful. Um, Andrew. Um, if if I gave you a, this is from Dylan. If I gave you a thousand dollars to go to Vegas, yeah. would you bet? This, eight, is this Dylan or Ralph? This is Dylan. But I mean, it, the setup he, of the question. It is. It's, it's a setup. That shows it's a that classic people really, They've set up. They they really do listen to the podcast. If I gave you a thousand dollars to go to Vegas, would you bet Peyton is in Nola next year or not? Oh man. Yes, if I had to bet a thousand dollars, and it's you know one or the other, absolutely. If I'm handicapping it, uh, then you know it would be pretty close. I mean, if I were to put a percentage on it, I would say sixty forty. He stays. I still think he's committed to the Saints. I still think you know he he likes it there, and you know I I could see a scenario where Miami says you know what he's our guy. And Steve Ross is just like I don't I don't give a shit what it costs you know first round picks whatever they want give it to him Peyton's my guy and you know if Loomis approaches Peyton he's like hey you can have Tanny Hill and you know a new team and and I Peyton, get two number Peyton, ones and two number twos yeah and Peyton's like yep you know what I'll go to Miami then uh, I wouldn't say never say never in the NFL and you can't rule out just some owner with deep pockets just going crazy and just deciding that he, he's dead set on this is how we're going to find a way to win. And, and there's a lot of dumb owners and dumb GMs out there. But um, you know, short of something crazy, I think he comes back. Yeah. Um, this is interesting. This is another question uh, from Dylan. And, and, and sorry to, go, go but to expand, but the Saints, short, short of being offered something crazy, need to bring him back. There, there's no scenario as a Saints team where I don't have Sean Payton back as my head coach unless you get an offer that you just simply can't refuse. I mean, I would say I would say when you start talking multiple – I would say when the draft picks reach – when you start talking either two number ones – Two number ones plus. If you're talking yeah. like two number ones 
and a number and a second round pick. Mm, that's a lot of. I mean, yeah. Jeff, that's a lot of picks. This, hey Dave, this is a good, interesting question for 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 uh, Dave. Uh, how bad? That's me. This, this is from Vincent. How Dave? How bad would your kid have to My be? My middle name. To get him, how bad would your kid have to be to get him a browner jersey in his stocking? <laughs> that's that's, that's a question. great question. I mean, that's like uh, top five. Yeah. There, 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 there have been days where he's definitely worked toward that end. Um, I think uh, Ralph, you'll see, you'll soon know as a parent. But I'm sure Andrew knows. You know, some days are, are better than others, and some days are were you know terrible. Um, Don't get me started. But uh, when does that happen? At age like two, three? Why do Why do you think I'm drinking while they're asleep? <laughs> that happens at like age two or three. It depends. Like my, mine, you know, they say terrible twos, um, but mine wasn't so bad when he was two. Agreed. Uh, three then, was way worse. But mine's pretty bad at three. Yeah. So they call yeah. that a three major. Um, <laughs> he's 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 just got this fucking attitude, and I just want to hit the crap out of him you know he's like he, he's he's very emotional right now Every, everything's very emotional and when he gets upset he just says stop talking to me i'm not talking to you i'm not like i hear i i get told that to stop talking to him at least like five times a day it's it's really he's he's a little shit he's a little shit <laughs> my my big problem right now with my five-year-old is that he, oh, i'm he's, dreaming he, he, for the day i have a five-year-old yeah, i know <laughs> he, he's a sweet kid and he's really for the most part really sweet to his two-year-old sister but my main issue well the the big deal and obviously the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree but he loses his mind whenever he lose he loses at anything and it's a complete meltdown i mean the the saints lose on tv and and it's been a rough season in that department but for for we're, we're playing football outside and he loses to me in a stupid, you know, backyard game or we play tennis and he loses. I mean, just anytime he loses, it, he carries it for the rest of the day and there is just an epic meltdown. Like it's gotten to the point where it's so bad that I just let him win a lot of times. Like I really have to pick my battles, which is probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Well, my kid is three weeks old and our big battle is that he's just a touch fussy at night but that's my oh, wife's please. problem not oh, mine God. you know yeah, my, my kid loses his shit just like your does but but mine, mine mine loses his shit if he like can't open the door like it's just it's just stupid shit it's like saints happy hour podcast parenting <laughs> advice <laughs> it's just so obnoxious he just like gets so frustrated and so angry and then, I'll, and then that's when i'll go and i'll be like well, try this. Stop talking to me. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and Dave, I'm just trying to help hey, hey, everyone, have multiple kids. Knot. It's the greatest. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. you know, Santa keeps a list, and uh, and all those naughty-ass kids, uh, he's got a whole fucking stack of brownie jerseys for them. <laughs> so are, you, are, are you guys doing uh, Elf on the Shelf, Dave? No, no, we haven't done okay. that. Yeah, I've been doing that too. This is another question from Elf Dylan. on the Shelf has been wearing the Saints helmets and whatnot. I don't. Oh yeah, I don't feel like my wife is, is wants to be that creative every goddamn night and have to come up with shit, to, places to, and things to do with that. I'll be honest, I've had to sprint downstairs in the morning when the kids wake up because I <laughs> forgot to forgot to move them the night before. <laughs> That's happened at least five times. Oh, this is Dylan. Why are the Saints? 
more interested in worthless moral victories instead of improving their draft position. <laughs> I mean, come like Mike, the 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 Saints picking fifth doesn't guarantee you nothing, man. They trade well, it up. It's not even that. Like, here's the thing. I, I get the fans' gripe. Like, get the best draft pick possible. But these are professionals. Like, there's no way you're ever going to tell a player, especially at this level, lose a game on purpose. No, like, it's, they, just, they, it's just not going to happen. They every all those teams, man. The eye in the sky. If you if the, if the eye in the sky sees you sucking or loafing, other teams notice it and you won't get employed. Like, like I'm not saying I've never seen a, a team tank or a team play awful when the games don't mean anything. But, I mean, you just tell a guy like Bobby Richardson or tell a guy like Caleb Ewells, like, yeah, don't try because we're cool yeah, with I don't the think, loss. Well, like, no, they're, I don't playing, think, they're playing for their career, their I don't life, think, well, I don't their think, lifestyle. I don't think team – I don't think fans mean they, they want the players to, to not try. I think they want – Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis to manipulate the roster so the Saints lose. Like, Brandon Cooks, you have concussion symptoms. You're not playing. Ellerby, eh, you're not playing. Eh, we're shutting Ingram down. Eh, you know, Breeze, we're not playing you the second half. I mean, I get it. Uh, No, I mean, it's not like there's one – it's not like it's a crazy thing. I I think as a concept, it totally makes sense. But, again, I mean, I'll just make the point that I always make with this. It's not the NBA. And, yeah. you know, it's not one of those things where, like, if you get a top five pick, you get a game changer that's going to change the outlook of your franchise for a decade. And if you don't get a top five pick, then the the returns are marginal. It, you know, in the NFL, 22 guys on the field at a time, 11 on your side of the field. And, you know, I mean, look what J.J. Watt. If you knew that you were J.J. Watt. And if you knew you were the Texans and you could have J.J. Watt and he would turn out the way he was going to be, of course you would draft him. But what what has that really given them? Look how much they've lost with J.J. Watt on their team. And case in point that if you don't have the quarterback, if you don't have the depth, if you don't have the talent around an elite player, it's not going to matter. So for me, what's way not more important – Not going to do it. What's way more important than where you draft – is the people that you have in place to recognize talent, to recognize a good fit, and find out which right guys are going to fit Here, your system. We have, a, we have a couple of football questions before I get back to Star Wars ones. Football. This is from, this is from Jack. This is from Jack. Uh, Dave, if you, if you leave Pete at left guard since he's played well there, yeah. uh, do you leave him there or do you move him to right tackle and draft two guards? Uh, I mean, for now, I would leave him there as long as Streif is, is, is around. I mean, I know I, I think maybe at this point, Streif, you might consider him the, the weak link on the on the line. But um, uh, I, I'm kind of of the belief where, uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if, if he's at guard and he's playing well and that's it, then... You know why? Why confuse the situation uh, well, or make it worse? But um, you know, and, and and we're talking about Drew Brees here. We're assuming Drew Brees is, is still the quarterback. Um, you know how much the Saints value their interior linemen. No, I think that's I think that's totally true. The one thing that I think compared Andrew, to it, their their tackles. 
Yeah, the one thing I think that this does do, Andrew, is it it gives them a lot of flexibility. And you know, we talked about how their cap situation is so screwed. Mm. But 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 with Pete playing good at guard, it really allows the Saints to. They have to fill more positions on their line, but they yeah. when they go into the draft, they don't have to say, "Oh my God, we got to get a right tackle or we got to get a guard." They can just in the second round, they can say, "Oh, there, you know, there's a there's a really good right tackle there that we didn't think was there. We're gonna take him and we're gonna put we're gonna put we're gonna leave Pete at guard." Or there could be a good guard there in the second round, and they could say, "You know what? We're gonna take the guard and we're gonna move Pete to right tackle." So it gives them. Mm, it, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, I, I've always been a big fan of Streif. I've always been a big proponent of his, and you guys can attest to yeah. that. And you know, I think there's a lot of fans over the years that have been like, "Cut Streif, he's garbage." And I've been kind of the first to defend him and yeah. be like, he, "He's a critical piece to this team, and he plays well." I mean, for me, this year was the first time I really saw a tread on the tires for him, mm-hmm. and I, I actually think Streif has had a pretty poor season in terms of performance. And if I'm saying it, then that means it's the truth. And I really believe that it's – I get why he's playing right now. The Saints just don't have the depth at guard. Same reason Brandon Browner is playing. Yeah, Yeah, and so that's why Streif needs to be the right tackle right now. And I'm really glad that they found a place for Pete to play because he needs to be learning on the job. But for me, Pete is the right tackle starting next year. And so, so no, I, I, I'm not on board with what you guys are talking about. And you're, you're I, I hear good. what you guys are saying, but for me, Streif is done, and I don't want to see him as the right tackle for the Saints next year. I think it's it, Pete is a right tackle. He's a tackle. He's not a guard. He's playing there right now, and I'm happy he's playing there, and he needs to learn for the rest of this year. But I think come next year, he needs to be the right tackle. Hopefully you can hang on to Streif, and he's a mentor, and he's – I'm sure Streif still thinks he can be a starter, so he probably leaves. But uh, I think it's time to get new guards that are not Andres Pete. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, only, the only problem with this, though, is that we – okay, so we've seen Pete play guard and play it well, but we haven't seen Pete play tackle well. We've seen him play tackle, but we haven't yeah. necessarily seen him play well. So I, I don't I don't even – I don't even – we're having this conversation and we're just working under the assumption well, you know what's a bummer that he can is, play either position and play it well, and that's not necessarily the situation. Well, well tackle is his natural position, and, and the real I bummer, the real bummer is that he played left tackle for Armstead and played really well on got one hurt. on one drive. Yeah, and, against and, Atlanta, got and hurt. got hurt, and then you know Tony Hills well, so had to Tony come Hills. in. Tony Hills, yeah. maybe. Tony Hills had to come in and and basically play. You know, whole game at left tackle for the Saints, but um, yeah, I mean that that was a bummer. I mean that that was a perfect opportunity again for Andres Pete to learn on the job. Uh, but I think if he's doing well at guard, I, I just feel like it, that's that's a clear sign that if he if he can do it at guard, he can definitely do it at tackle. This is from uh, Brian from the Saints Nation podcast. Are the Saints field goal kickers all storm stormtroopers? No, stormtroopers have better aim than Saints kickers. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my God, we forgot to. T- Andrew, you tweeted out something that the Saints field goal kickers only are only making like 68% of their kicks. By the yep. way, Kenny, Skills, Kenny Stills just scored a touchdown for the Dolphins. Uh, dude, McMahon's oh, got to be McMahon's got to be fired. Like the the, the the total kicking situation, they picked the wrong guy. Like that's a fireable offense. Yeah, he's and got to go. I, 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 I think there's a lot of fans that are defending the decision to go with Hawker because oh he kicked better in games than. Then training camp, you know, for Hopkins and games matter more. 
I get that on some level, but for me, it's just you look at the raw data, and they, I know I know the Saints tracked every single kick in training camp. I know they do because they Sean Payton's talked about it before. And if they were tracking every single kick during training camp, it was very clear who they should have kept as their kicker, and that was Hopkins, not Hawker. And they made a snap judgment based on the third and fourth preseason game and basically reversed who had completely outperformed the other guy. And, and, and they did this. Well, now you look at what, what Hopkins has been. He's been 88% predominantly in an outdoor stadium. And the Saints, meanwhile, are sitting at 68%, 31st in the NFL, in an indoor stadium. So for me, you look at those two numbers, you look at that, and like someone has to be fired. Someone, someone is to blame for this. I don't care who it is, but someone made a massive mistake. Yeah. Um, thanks to everybody for the uh, for the Twitter questions. Um, the Saints, Dave, are going to be on Monday Night Football. Uh, I'll, I'll be at the game. Oh wow! You'll be at the you'll be at the game too. So, Dave, you uh, want to uh, grab a beer uh, at uh, Champions Champion Square? The Saints are a three-point favorite against the four and nine Lions. Wait, why'd you cut me off just there? I am sorry. Just Dave. Join. Dave, pre-game beer. You want to join Date and Mandy? Possibly if I get off work on time, I'll have to see how it goes because I'll, I'll be right. working that day. All right, so hopefully Text I will me. grab a beer with Dave um, at Champion Square. If you're a listener and you find me in Champion Square pregame, find me wherever you are at Champion Square before kickoff. I will buy you a beer. For this could backfire. Everybody that's listening, we have 16,000 listens. I want everybody to meet Andrew. So that he cannot afford to buy everybody. No, no, I, I will be out there, and if you find me and you say, "Hey, I listen to the podcast, big fan," I will purchase you whatever, whatever it is—a five-dollar beer, an eight-dollar <laughs> beer, whatever. Oh I man, will, I really I want buy this to beer for you. Yeah, you might. So, I want to listeners. This is this is my shot. It is, man. You one time I'm in town. Hey, well, you know what? I want to meet Ralph's cat. They let the cats in the Superdome, apparently. So, Ralph, next time you go to a game, bring your cat. I get the with the uh, get the. I need the letter that is with the 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 cat's a companion animal. (laughs) (laughs) Minxie in the Superdome. That would be that would be that would be hysterical. It'd be a lot of cat urine on on a lot of people because she would panic. I'm sure. Um, so Dave, the Saints are a three-point favorite against the Lions. Yes, they are. Give me a score, give me an MVP, give me a... Those three points are just for the home field advantage. Yeah. Um, uh, I think they win again. I think they're going to win again, um, because they feel sorry for me and my Olive Garden bet. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, uh... Yeah. I got the I new breadstick I, sandwiches, Dave. Saw the commercial, man. You can <laughs> breadstick sandwiches, seriously? Yeah, <laughs> Dave. Um, Dave, if you yes, if you lose your bet, you have to get a breadstick sandwich. 
I mean, you just have to. Yeah. That sounds like it might actually be palatable, so I might actually order that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think they, I think they've definitely probably win. I think they're riding high, so hopefully they'll. Uh, I mean, obviously it was just one game that they won against the Buccaneers, but uh, it, 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 prior to that win on Sunday, it had been a long time since they won a game, so I think they're all probably riding high. Um, and the Lions just really aren't that aren't that great. They've, Dude, the Lions really had their gu- the Lions were four and seven and, and actually on the move and yeah. had Green Bay dead to rights and lost on a hail mary and that just yeah. ripped their fucking guts out and they're just <laughs> I mean seriously like no they, I, I, I absolutely agree. I watched the little, little shortcut game last night as uh, we were f- feeding the baby at like two in the morning and um, feeding the baby f- feeding the baby and. Uh, the, the the Lions just look dead, man. They look like they, they couldn't give less of a fuck. <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I think they'll win, but I think it'll probably be pretty close. I think the three, you know, Vegas knows what they're doing. Saints will probably, you know, honestly, they'll probably win by three. So I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say uh, Saints 27, Lions 24. Um, I can tell you who's not going to be the player of the game, and that's C.J. Spiller. <laughs> um, um, and um, God, I'll go with. Uh, and Colson already had a big game, and Watson. Eh. I'm gonna go with. Let's choose somebody on the defensive side. You know what? Okay, here we go. Uh, Jarris Bird's gonna get a, a, another interception. He's gonna get two. Ooh. Yeah. Stop. And by the way, Jarris Bird has kind of settled in a little bit now at, at safety. He's been healthy for a little while. Yeah, he's um, playing. I mean, he's, he's playing some good ball. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not amazing. Still not up to his contract, but uh, it's getting getting better. So. That pass breakup he had, my God, what a play! Yeah. You well, guys, me, you guys know what play yeah. I'm talking about? And he made a yeah. nice tackle on a, a last line of defense. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Um, so Andrew, that was a tackle, by the way, that Malcolm Jenkins. Always missed. Um, so yeah, I'm with Dave. Um, I think I'm gonna regret saying this because I just feel like Stafford's gonna light up the light him up. And, yeah, but uh, you know, I, I still, in my heart of hearts, you know, I, I said six and ten at the beginning of the year, and I feel like I gotta stick to it. And so I, I almost feel like I have to say that the Falcons game is going to be the last win. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I, I think the Saints win this game. I, uh, I, I think d- it's going to be close. I, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Saints 30, Lions 27. And my MVP of the game is going to be Willie Sneed. A little, tid, a little tidbit here, um, you know, my, uh, my grades, which – by the way, are not as official or snazzy as PFF, but uh, I, I grade every player, and they have a cumulative. Yeah, I saw that today. He's in, he's in the running GPA, for it. and so yeah, I, I totally butchered that word. That was a total route. But um, <laughs> I've, I've been drinking Zingus. But um, Breeze is at 2.89, which is the highest GPA on the team, and Sneed is tied at 2.89. Um, so right now, I always give the the MVP award for the year to the yeah. guy with the highest GPA. So right now, as of today, Breeze and Snead are t- 
tied for the MVP award for the team. So right. Willie Sneed is kind of a, of a dark horse surprise here. They can but, have three. Uh, the Saints, if they have a bunch of passing yards the final three weeks, they yeah. can have 3,000-yard guys. They can have Watson, Cooks, and Sneed all get 1,000 yards. By the way, was Sneed, uh, was he on the team last year? Was he? You know, I want to say he was on the practice. Like they claimed him. Okay. Because I was, was, I was going to say if he if he wasn't on the team last year, then he, he would be the better free agent over Kevin Williams. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm going to say that. that um, I'm like you. I I want to say you know part of me thinks that Stafford will light him up, but the other part of me thinks you know. The Saints—they're just gonna—they're just gonna roll Detroit because Monday Night Football is on a run yeah. of like yeah. nine straight games that have been decided by like one score, and Mike Monday Night Football is just do like an ass beat beat down game, and I just think they're gonna get that old dome magic, and they're gonna roll Detroit, and Stafford's gonna have turnovers, and Jim Caldwell's gonna be staring out into the abyss like he always does, and um. <laughs> I think the, I think the bear, I think the bears the, are going to. Here's the question: Does Sean Payton kick an onside kick at halftime? He should have. He should have. Sorry to start the second half. He should have. When they had the personal foul, they got the kick off from midfield. Andrew, he totally should have, just for shits and giggles. Um, but here's the thing: like, I think the Bears are going to go to Minnesota and win, and I think the Saints are going to win on Monday night, and we're going to be like, hey. Minnesota plays the Giants and the Packers. Maybe they could collapse and the Saints can get back in this thing. And and then they get graded by the Jaguars. And they get graded by the Jaguars. But on Monday night, they're going to roll. I think it's going to be like 38 to 17. I think Okay, gonna... I, I really which is terrible for me as a blogger to say this, but I have not I've paid zero attention to what the Saints need to actually get into the playoffs mathematically. Here's, here's so, what the Saints yeah. Here, here's what the Saints need to have happen. They need Minnesota to lose, lo- right? lose everything. Out, okay. Everything. And they need global warming to raise the seas. <laughs> so Philadelphia, New York, and possibly Washington get wiped off the map. And they need Tampa to lose two of their last three. Besides that, it's not that it's not that difficult. Oh, they probably okay, need the no. Bears. You know? Okay, so they 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 need they they have can to win I get out. A, have can to... I get a factual statement here? <laughs> yes, Dave? yes. They, they I, I'm going off memory. It's on Canal Street Chronicles. I posted it last night, but okay. off of my memory from what I wrote, it's the Saints have to win out. They have to win all three of their mini games, uh, which that that in and of itself presents a problem. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but but besides that, um, the the Vikings need to lose. All three of their games, which is also that's you know hard to believe would happen. Um, they have a tough the Bucks, Bears, uh, Bears, yeah, they, they, Giants, they the Bears, Packers. I think, yeah, I mean, so so that could definitely happen. Um, the Buccaneers, yes, the Buccaneers need to lose two of their last three. That could happen. Um, Do they play the Panthers? I think uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sure they do. I bet you they do the last week, don't they? All aren't aren't all Ooh, the last week. I, I wouldn't want to have the Bucks play the Panthers week 17. That's like a, a gimme win. Um, I believe the Rams have to lose one of their games. I think that's one of the things. I, I, I don't even remember why that is. And oh, then, um, okay, so then the NFC, the NFC East. You know, the the winner of the NFC East will probably be nine and seven. If 
if the second place team in the NFC East is seven and nine and all those other things happen, then the Saints would be in. If the second place team in the NFC East is eight and eight and it's the Giants or the Eagles, then the Saints would would get in. But if it was the Redskins or the Cowboys, I want to say well, the Cowboys can't because they're seven. They're four and nine now. Okay, so then, but so, but if the Redskins are eight and eight in second place, then they would go to the playoffs, or, or they would beat the Saints. Well, the Eagles so, beat the Saints head to head. So yeah, but would, remember, I know, but for it gets it gets. Remember, Andrew, though, if, and this is a long time ago, but in two thousand, remember in two thousand four, the Saints were four and eight. Yeah. And they won their last four, and they got to eight and eight. And going into Sunday, they played Carolina, and like. They had all these crazy scenarios, but basically everybody was like, whoever wins the Saints-Carolina is getting in. And then either the Redskins beat Minnesota or the Rams won or some shit happened. And it ended up like a four-way tie for 8-8, and and the Saints didn't get in. Yeah, it didn't it involve Doug Bryan missing a field goal? Doug Bryan missed a kick in overtime. I remember this. Yeah. Doug Bryan. So, like, I mean – it just gets. I mean, the Doug thing is, freaking Brian. The thing God. is, it would it would be it would Come be on, nearly. I, it, it would be probably more likely that 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 your wife has my uh, wife. An, an immaculate my wife immaculate conception. Uh, without even touching her, she gets pregnant. Yeah. I think there's more of a chance of. Uh, now, I, I know you're a very fertile guy, Andrew. Yeah. I, uh, I am. I, I, I know the testosterone flows through you, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but it's 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 very it's, it's very the very unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very very unlikely. That so it's many very, things would happen. It's happen. very. Un- I'll be. I'll, it would be amazing if it did happen, though. That, it, it would be. be awesome. It would be amazing would if the game. Saints could win the next two games against the Lions and Jaguars and, and not be eliminated and not be eliminated. Like yeah, if they get yeah. to the final Sunday with some sort of wacky, fucked well, that up. Well, that would mean if that was the case, that would mean if so. If the Saints won their, their next two games, um, Minnesota would have to lose their next two games as well. For it to well, be Ralph, we we've talked about this on previous podcasts for years, and we've always said as long as the Saints are alive, mathematically out of it, we have to. Root for the, the crazy scenarios as, as out there as they may be, and keep you, you get into the playoffs. You find a way. Let me tell you this: until if it's this, over. Now, once it's over, then you can root for the team to lose. But in, yeah, is, me, if playoffs are possible, you have to root if you for wanna, every scenario. If you want to get into the dream scenario, the Saints making the playoffs at eight and eight and doing it by beating Atlanta. And causing them to have to end their season on a nine-game losing streak, and the Saints get in the playoffs at eight and eight, that might be <laughs> the best moment ever. Besides Tracy Porter's interception in the Super Bowl, I shit you not, Andrew, that would be amazing. Come on, you know, you know that that shit see, would be amazing. See, this is the kind of stuff that happens after a Saints win. Yeah, it does. This is how delirious <laughs> we, we are. Heard, at this point. We are. <laughs> Dude, we we are, but you know what? I mean, look, we only get sixteen weeks of this nonsense. If you can't have fun, like, what's the point of it? You know. So anyway, oh, and Kevin was at wrestling. He was refereeing or whatever, to, to doing a 
turnbuckle or I don't know what the fuck. It's too bad. He would, this would have been a good podcast. It would have been a good podcast. This is, this is our Star Wars episode. It was. He was supposed to be here. He's probably camped out at some theater in St. Louis waiting to the get The force in. is not strong in that one. It is not. So um, donate to the podcast for us. A dollar, all it takes is a dollar a month. That's all we ask. I say we, I say we cut Kevin out of out of the donation. Uh, yeah, out of the donation. <laughs> His sixteen dollars a month is I gone. Say we, let's let's start splitting this three ways instead. <laughs> three ways. <laughs> He's dead. So, so go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave's got all kinds of fun stuff. Playoff scenarios, yeah, whatever. Apparently, uh, go to Saints Nation. Don't go. And, Don't Andrew's got grades. Uh, find Kevin on the Ashley Tinder Catholic dating Madison. Uh, so, uh, for all these knuckleheads, until next week, the bar is closed. R.I.P. Scott Weiland. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.